you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. That's right, everybody, wake up! We are just three days away We got the Rams and the Bengals, and we got a great show for you coming up here on NFL Network. It's Good Morning Football. I'm so used to saying Good Morning Football Weekend. It might slip at some point during the show, but today, Good Morning Football, brought to you by CDW. We are live from Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, Thursday, February 10th. I'm Colleen Wolf, and uh, this whole crew, it's like a mixed bag. I know we're going to play mixed bag later on I today, but I am nice pumped for this whole maiden voyage we have here, D'Angelo Hall. I haven't What's done up? a show with I you know, in studio ever. for two years. So <laughs> Is that right? That's two years. Every Saturday you guys work wow. here. This is the first time you've been in studio for two Yes, since oh. the Miami Super Bowl. Fantastic. Since, like, you know, before the entire world turned yes. upside yes. down. So, yes. yes, I'm excited to be with D. Hall. I'm excited to see you, Shrey. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Kay and Kyle are already in the makeup chair for NFL Honors tonight. <laughs> they will be on the red carpet. And I love that you guys are with me today. This is so fun. we got a great show today. We do. We have so many guests. And Sean O'Hara, how many movie quotes are we going to have coming our way today? Like, uh, over under is 100. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's low. Yeah. Low? Okay. Well, I'll just say this. Shregs, you are an Iron Man. I, I think you should get a jersey after this okay. week. And it should be the double zeros playing both ways because you've been here all week long. Let's go. And you're still yeah. rocking and rolling. You're you're on fire. you got energy. Mm-hmm. It's a big week, man. This has been yeah. a big buildup. So Sean, it's good to see you guys. You and it's great to see. I got to see Will Selva. Right? Yes. I know. In the flesh. I got to hug it out. Legend. I don't know if we're allowed to hug it out these days, but I hugged it out with Will Selva, and it's uh, it's great to see him live and in person. I was telling him that I was so uh, I was laughing by Blake Shelton saying yesterday that he was just so excited to see that Will Selva had legs. I know. Uh, and and you know what? Will that is a star. It's it's unbelievable to see Will with two halves together. It's it's I'm great. glad I know Blake's doing okay after the Cardinals after their mm, yeah, that's yeah, true. Guys, you know what time it is? I think it's time for lead block. Lead, lead block. block. Lead block. Let's do it. Let's go. And we go right out to Taylor Bashadi and Bridget Condon, who are covering this thing wall to wall. Taylor, set the scene for us with the Rams today. What's on the schedule? You're starting early. It's dark out. I'm sure there's not a lot going on yet, but soon that's going to change. Not yet, but the Rams will be on the practice field today. It'll be much more of a real practice as opposed to yesterday's half-speed walkthrough. And as anticipated, the Rams will be moving their practice from their facility in Thousand Oaks to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena because of the severe winds. Head coach Sean McVay said yesterday they're still going to have their morning meetings in Thousand Oaks before packing up the buses and getting the guys on the bus to head to Pasadena. Two players from the injury report didn't practice yesterday, Tyler Higby and Joe Noteboom. As for the players that 
that were limited. It was Cam Akers and Van Jefferson. Cam's been dealing with a shoulder injury. Van Jefferson popped up on the report with a knee injury. He is the Rams' third receiver. But somebody else that should have probably been on the injury report, although not official, is head coach Sean McVay. On his afternoon press conference yesterday, he has all but lost his voice somewhere between opening night and yesterday. The good news is that he said that he feels a lot better than he actually sounds. He sounds pretty horrible. He's going to be drinking a lot of tea and honey, and the hope is that he gets his voice back before Sunday's game. Good luck with that, Taylor. Great stuff. Taylor, you've been on it all week. And Bridget, I know these are early wake-ups for you as well. You've been covering the Bengals. They had their practice yesterday. Tell us more. What's going on with Cincinnati as now we're on Thursday of Super Bowl week? Yeah, one of the things that makes waking up at 4 a.m. or 2 a.m. not as bad is the weather. It's 72 already out here today. It's pretty warm, even for Southern California in February. That's one of the biggest adjustments for Zach Taylor and this Bengals team is getting used to the warm weather. It was 80 yesterday. It's going to get into the high 80s on Sunday and today. And he said... They're not that concerned about the weather. Of course, they felt this difference. If you remember earlier in the week in Cincinnati, they had to practice in a bubble because of the snow and the ice. But he says they're staying well hydrated. He thinks his guys can handle it. It's just like if they were to prepare for a cold weather game. They have those protocols in place. So yesterday it was a light practice, their first practice here at UCLA. They'll practice today and Friday before going to SoFi for a walkthrough on Saturday. But he said one of the biggest things, the benefit of being here on uh, Pacific time is they had an extra three hours to just relax at the hotel yesterday morning. And a lot of the guys felt fresh when they went out to the practice field. You could see the extra energy. And one of the coolest parts that he says about being right here at this hotel is this facility. The setup is very similar to how it's set up in Cincinnati. Their facility in Cincinnati, you have your meeting rooms, you walk right out into the practice field. That's the same thing. Their hotel is adjacent to the practice fields right behind me. And he says, that's pretty easy. It's keeping things normal. Normal, right? That's what he's been saying all week long. Just keep this as normal as possible. That familiarity, uh, it goes such a long way, just keeping things on a, a tight schedule, really. And it's nice to see you guys up this early with us. So thank you. We will check back in with you in just a little bit as we roll on here. But guys, at just 25 years old, can we talk about Joe Burrow for a second? And this is something that has been talked about before, but he's just been insane in the postseason, dating back to college. He's still undefeated in the playoffs, 7-0, and including a national championship back in his LSU days. But guys, on Sunday, if he adds another one, a Super Bowl to his resume, I mean, what's going to happen at this point? What would a Super Bowl do for Joe Burrow in his second year in the entire league and really his first full season as a starter because of that injury last year, Sean. Well, for first movie quote of the day, that escalated quickly. It that's, did. that's what we're going to say about Joe Burrow. And I'll say this from experience, winning a Super Bowl changes everything. And for Joe Burrow, his life will never be the same if he finds a way to, to keep that record unblemished. It's amazing to see that playoff and postseason record carrying even going back to college. What does that tell you about the man, about the player? D. Hall, you know this. The, the greatest players play their best when it matters the most. And when you have a quarterback that is clutch, making throws like that, national championship game, doesn't bat an eye. This guy's been through the ringer. Look, he's transferred through schools. He's stayed confident. He, Joe, I think he's never tried to be somebody he's not. He reminds me a lot of Eli Manning in that standpoint. Talk about that. I haven't heard that compare. I heard a lot of Brady, not Eli. I like that. Mm-hmm. Eli w- was always himself. And he never tried to be anything that he was. He never tried to be Peyton. He never tried to be somebody else. 
Joe Burrow is coming into the Cincinnati, and he's saying, look, I know I'm a winner, and I know that I can elevate this franchise, the team. I, I'm, I put everybody on, put it on my shoulders. I can handle it. And then in his rookie year, he, he blows his ACL out, comes back this year, and, and, and has put together an unbelievable season. So for him to capitalize on it by winning the Super Bowl, I think we start talking about Joe Burrow in a completely different light because – now he has done it on the grandest scale. And to have a, a perfect postseason record, I think that, that, that's rare right now. And for him to – he's going to make some unbelievable throws in this game. That I think if, they, if the Bengals end up winning this game, we're going to go back and, and we're going to say Joe Burrow made some of the most clutch throws. And he's been doing it all season long. He's been the best quarterback on third and fourth down already this season. I think that continues in this postseason, and it's going to be fun to watch. You know, I – I agree with you for the most part. I, I, I think if Joe Burrow can win this this Super Bowl, right, in year two, um, I mean, it, it, it does change a lot of things, right? I mean, you probably put him in that category as an elite quarterback because not only are we saying this dude's a Super Bowl champion, right, we've seen how much all season he's kind of overcome all that adversity. Um, I mean, the dude's a player, and I think if he wins this Super Bowl, it kind of affirms that, yeah, he's who we thought he was. I mean, he has it all. He has the makeup you need, the moxie, the confidence, uh, the quiet confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the dude is special. And if he can go out there and get a Super Bowl ring, and I think it means a lot, too, who you do it against, right? This is Aaron Donald. This is that defensive line with Von Miller and, and Leonard Floyd. This is my guy on the back end, Jalen Ramsey, right? He's going to have to try to lock one of those guys up. So you, you, you're not doing it against a bunch of scrubs. You're doing it against some ballers. And so, to me, that, you know, context means something, too. And so, you know, on paper, I don't see how he gets it done. But you're absolutely right. If he gets it done, yes, he is right there. He beat Mahomes. He's right there with Josh Allen, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think we're saying Joe Burrow is the next great one at the quarterback He said it yesterday. I don't see how they beat them on paper. But you also said yesterday, football games – are not played on paper. Mm-hmm. And that's been the story with him all season. That, he's not supposed to beat the Titans in Tennessee mm-hmm. after being sacked nine times. He's not supposed to beat the Raiders in that game when Derek Carr has the ball at the end. And he's certainly not supposed to come back from the Chiefs game down 18 points in Arrowhead, yet he's done it every single step of the way. Burrow is going to be crowned like maybe we've never seen a young quarterback crowned before if he could finish the job. I look at it from a bigger picture. Look at the AFC and where we're at with these young quarterbacks mm. for the next decade. Look at some of these names. Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl. Guys, two weeks ago we were like, wow, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be the matchup of the decade. I haven't heard Josh Allen's name all week. <laughs> I haven't heard Patrick Mahomes' name all week. How quickly the, ta- the tables turn, but this is all these players. Mahomes is the eldest out of all those names. Mm. Remember Lamar Jackson? That's wild. He was pretty good. He got hurt. We haven't spoken about him. Yeah. Hey, Justin Herbert? That guy is 23... 23- and this is just in one conference. One conference. That's more than half the conference. And we're not even talking about the Derek Cars and, and the Tannehills who can still play and Wentz. Those guys are too old for that graphic. The NFL quarterback position is played in the AFC. And I look at it. Rodgers, you want to leave? You want to go to Denver? Good luck, bud. Like, I don't, where are you going? You're going to Denver? It's going to walk. You might want to stay and keep facing Chicago and Detroit and uh, Minnesota every year. I don't know if you want the AFC. You might not want the smoke, Rogers. I, I think the AFC quarterbacks are the story if Burrow wins. And we are set up as a league in that conference for a lot of Jim Nance and Tony Romo over the next 10 years and a lot of great shootouts because we are incredibly blessed with that position. That is really interesting when you bring up all of those young quarterbacks in the AFC because – 
It's not like that at all in the NFC when you think about those quarterbacks there because what the young talent in the NFC, you have Kyler Murray and who just scrubbed his Instagram. <laughs> I, I mean, Dak, he's not even Dak. Fields. I don't think you can even say that Jalen Hurts, yeah. maybe Jalen Hurts is in there. But then you got like yeah. the older dudes like Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. Like it, it's mm-hmm. there is so many more. There, there's just so many more young, talented quarterbacks in the AFC. I think that's really interesting. But for me, if Joe Burrow ends up winning a Super Bowl this year, I think that we will never hear the end of the Tom Brady right. comparisons. Like that's it. RIP to us because that's all we're going to be talking about. Everyone wants to know who is going to be the next we must have another Tom Brady in the league who will it be it's going to be Joe Burrow and the comparisons will not stop because it'll be oh my god look both of them won a Super Bowl in their second year in the league and they were both basically the same exact age Burrow uh, just turned 25 in December and then you have Brady who won it when he was 24 years old now who knows how this ends up playing out and I'm curious to see if If Joe Burrow doesn't win this Super Bowl, how does that change things? Because just the fact that he's here right now, after basically having his entire knee reconstructed last year. I mean, ACL, MCL, parts of his PCL, all of it came back and was able to just crush it this year. And this team has faced so much adversity in terms of how it's built. It's really Joe Burrow putting so much on his back with that offensive line and everything else. And he just, like, takes hits no problem, and bounces right back up. So He's brought belief. He seems like the best teammate to play with, right? Because you can make a mistake and not see the ridicule. Like, so many times, right, you know, Sean, players don't really respond to that, right? Like, we don't mind somebody getting on us, but, you know, we don't really respond to that that well. And so to watch Joe just... Calm, cool Joe. It's it's amazing to watch, man. It it is really amazing. That's the best thing about him, too, because of his personality and the fact that, yeah, there's always pressure when you're playing in the playoffs and you're playing for a Super Bowl, but if he doesn't win, it's not like this is going to make or break his legacy. He is so young. He's just starting. Like This is fantastic for him. He's humble. Mm -hmm. He's got humility. And he's selfless. And it's really refreshing. So we get to see what happens with him on Sunday against Matthew Stafford and that Rams defense. Who knows how that plays out. But yesterday, Commissioner Roger Goodell, he held a press conference on Champions Field. It was sweeping, held a ton of topics. Uh, but the main one was the lack of diversity in the hiring of black and minority coaches and team executives. Take a listen. We want to see... Um, black head coaches in the NFL and coaches of, of, of people of color uh, and eventually gender uh, that we think is all important. So it's an inclusive process and hopefully an inclusive outcome. And I think so we're what we're going to do is step back and look at everything we're doing today, uh, reevaluate that. Uh, everything from looking at the Rooney Rule and seeing what changes should be made to that, if any changes, or should it be removed, which some people have suggested. All of those things are part of that. We're going to talk to other people, have independent people come in and look and help us evaluate it, because it's sometimes hard to evaluate your own policies and procedures, and make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to create that opportunity for everybody to make sure that we are an inclusive league and make sure we get the outcomes we want And our policies really, truly are effective with outcomes. 
Well, I think there is no finish line with diversity and inclusion. I, I think that's something that uh, constantly we have to keep uh, at the forefront of everything we do. It makes us better. It makes us bring the best talent into the league. And I think we made a tremendous amount of progress in a lot of areas, uh, particularly with the head coaches. We have more work to do, and we've got to figure that out. So the commissioner there admitting that the league has a problem and admitting his frustration about the fact that we're still talking about this and we still have the same issues. So, Tom, you heard the entire press conference. What stood out to you? Well, Colleen, that's the key. This is not a new conversation. It's really been a topic that's been percolating for years now as the number of black head coaches in the NFL has dwindled. You had nine vacancies this year. Only two were filled by minorities. And Roger Goodell repeatedly said yesterday, we have to do a better job. So that's where they're bringing in outside experts to consult, to evaluate their policies. And Goodell said everything is on the table. He also was asked about the class action lawsuit filed by former Dolphins coach Brian Flores. Goodell said all the allegations, including of pay for tanking, are very disturbing. So the league's going through the process right now of collecting the facts. And once they have them, Goodell said we will deal with it very seriously. In other and exciting news on the international front, the NFL officially is headed to Germany. They're going to play a game this fall in Munich, play four games total in Germany over the next four years. They'll also play in Frankfurt. And the NFL is headed back to Azteca Stadium in Mexico City in November for another regular season game. It's finally here. That's right. You can catch all of the action from the NFL Honors tonight on NFL Network. Kay and Kyle will help kick things off on the red carpet. Maybe they will talk to this year's NFL MVP, everybody. Should we talk about that? Because there are two players at the top of the list. And this has been widely debated. But we got to get one final discussion in before the actual award is given out. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, who is retired at this point, quote-unquote. So who had the most impressive season out of these two? Peter. Look, Cooper Cup is the MVP. No, I'm going to go with, um, (laughs) I do believe that. Aaron Rodgers is going to win tonight. Aaron Rodgers is going to win tonight. But the question is, who had the more impressive season? I think what Tom Brady did at his age was more impressive than what Aaron Rodgers did. But when the voters all come together, I feel like, Aaron Rodgers had the best regular season. His team rolled through the NFC. They were the one seed, and he was great statistically. I'm just curious about the speech. This guy talks. This guy's got a podium. This guy's going to have the entire NFL and celebrity life in front of him, and he's going to have an open mic. I'm excited to see what Aaron Rodgers has to say. Is he going to just play it down, or is Aaron Rodgers going to go McAfee with a cigar and really let it out? Do I want to hear. I'm curious. I think he wins the MVP, and I'm more curious to see the speech. Well, you know he's going to leave some things to be determined, right? Yep. He's not going to he's not going to lay it out for all all of us to play it out. But I love that we're going toe to toe here, right? We got a little tail of the tape right mm-hmm. here, toe to toe. Um, we won't hear about the toe, will we? Might. If he wins the award, two number twelves. <laughs> to your point, Shregs, I, I look at these guys and I say, okay, statistically, if if you want to go stats on these guys, it's not even a question. If Aaron Rodgers wins this, Tom Brady got snubbed. He got robbed. Because when statistically, this guy led the NFL in every category possible. Look at this. Number one in completions, pass attempts, passing yards, pass touch. He threw over 200 passes more than Aaron Rodgers. So you want my MVP vote? It's Tom Brady, and he did it at 44 years old. That's unbelievable. Please appreciate that man. Mm. Go. Yeah, I'm going to have to double down on Sean. I mean, when I sat here and I tried to wrap, like, just wrap my head around, who, who, who's your MVP? To your point, Shrakes, 
I do think Aaron Rodgers is going to win it. If, I don't know if it's a sympathy vote. You know, when you go on a date a girl, you don't care if she goes on a date with you because it's sympathy or not. You just know you got that date. And so never had that problem. I don't think a Rod <laughs> had that problem. What are you talking about? I don't. I know those beautiful blue eyes of yours. Wow. I don't know if a Rod actually would care. I know I'm a hug you, air hug. I don't know if a Rod actually um, cares if he gets it in this type of, I guess, um, with this type of backstory. But to Sean's point, man, what Tom Brady was able to do at this age, I mean, it's amazing to sit here and think about it. I'm 38 years old. Heck, I'm A-Rod's age, and I can barely get out of bed sometimes. And so to watch these guys continue to play at a high level, I don't think you can go wrong picking either one of these guys. But if I'm A-Rod and I'm trying to get the MVP, my numbers got to be better than they were last year. And that's my only thing. He threw 48 touchdowns last year. He got 37 this year. Can I say something real quick? Uh, Brady loses 9-0 to the Saints, right? And everyone's like, he can't win MVP. We should vote for this award after the playoffs because Aaron Rodgers laid an egg against the 49ers. And we're like, well, we already crowned him the MVP. But now it feels different, doesn't it? Well, so that's the thing because, like, the MVP award, it's based on the regular season. So the whole disaster against the 49ers, it doesn't count for Aaron Rodgers with with this award, at least. So you guys have a point, obviously, with the age factor and Tom Brady being able to play at this level. Like, I'm tired right now. I got up very early. Like, hold on a second. I need to take a seat. It's hard. Things are hard to do around here. So I think for me, Tom Brady, he had an amazing career. He had put up great numbers this year. Actually, could we see that full screen one more time? Yeah, let's do it. uh, Sean O'Hara. They were so impressive. Um, I want proof. Where are those interceptions? Um, I didn't see anything with interceptions on there. Brady had the volume. But he had almost three times the number of interceptions that Aaron Rodgers had this year. So, what, 37 touchdowns for Rodgers? And how many interceptions? Like four? Just four. Four? So, if we're just talking about the regular season and which quarterback and and doesn't even pay no mind to the drama and all the other stuff that happened off the field. If we're just talking about sheer performance and numbers on the field, Aaron Rodgers, he was the most impressive quarterback to me this year. So we'll see what happens tonight. Can there be a co-MVP? NFL honors. What's that? (laughs) Can they they both win? I know. It's going to be a tie. Ties have happened before in the past. We've had Manning and McNair and we've had Favre and Barry Sanders co-MVPs. There we go. The only time I ever wanted to see a tie was Raiders and Chargers. And that just did not happen this year. So not (laughs) a tie tonight. Thanks, Brandon Staley. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's almost here. I can't believe it. I feel like I've been waiting for this for years at this point. It feels like decades, centuries maybe. I don't have any patience. So waiting for Super Bowl 56 to get here has been a challenge, and I've accepted that challenge. Welcome in, everybody, to Good Morning Football. Brought to you by CDW, I'm Colleen Wolf in 4K Adams, who is getting ready for NFL Honors tonight with Kyle Brandt. Sean O'Hara is here for Kyle. Morning. We've got D-Hall, we got Shrakes. You guys ready? For this? We were just talking about Joe Burrow and just how how much we all really like him. Pretty cool. 
Yeah, man. Pretty cool start. Awesome. D'Angelo, what'd you say in the commercial break? I said I might I might have to convert and be a Bengals fan because I love Joe Burrow so much, man. He's just he's everything you want out of a leader. You know what I mean? As a dude who came in this league and and was a little bit of a selfish guy, personally, mm-hmm. talking about myself. Um, to see a guy who is so selfless, man, it is so refreshing. And a lot of these young players who are coming in this league that are in college football, you can take a note from Joe Burrow. Ooh, that energy. Yeah. It's just so contagious. We love it. We also love the fact that we have amazing guests coming through today as well. But first, we got to get to the lead block as we welcome in Taylor Bashadi and Bridget Condon, keeping us up to date with all of the news this morning. Taylor, I'm going to start with you here. Joe Burrow and Andrew Whitworth, obviously, they're playing on different teams. They're playing against each other on Sunday. But tell us more about this unique connection between Burrow and the, uh, the veteran tackle, Andrew Whitworth. Well, Colleen, you know this. There's always some sort of six degrees of separation in the NFL. So where was Joe Burrow when he found out that they were drafting his former LSU teammate last April for the draft? He was sitting on Andrew Whitworth's couch in L.A. Andrew Whitworth played for the Bengals for 11 seasons, but never with Burrow. So how do the two know each other? They were both out here rehabbing their respective knee injuries in L.A. They shared the same knee surgeon, same knee doctor. They became friends while they were rehabbing together. Whitworth said, hey, what are you doing for the draft? Come on over and watch it with me. They watched Jamar Chase get drafted together. Little did he know that nine months later, they would be facing off against them in the Super Bowl. Sunday will be Andrew Whitworth's 254th game in the NFL, possibly his last game. He was asked about the emotions of playing his former team, and he said, look, I love both places. They're both near and dear to my heart. I still believe in people in L.A. and with the Bengals. Talk about a full circle moment for Andrew Whitworth if Sunday is his last NFL game, though. Yeah, Taylor, for, to watch what he's doing at 40 years old is pretty impressive. Uh, good morning to you, Bridget. I promise you that in 40 minutes that sun will begin to rise. And it will slowly <laughs> start to get a little bit warmer. Thank you for braving so. the elements right now. I want to talk about Cooper Cup. Obviously a phenomenal season for him. The Triple Crown winner lit up the league. But now the Bengals have the, the chance to try to stop him. And, you know, look, they're going to do it collectively. But let's talk about one guy that has a very important task, Mike Hilton, corner for the Bengals. What kind of challenges does Cooper Cup and the rest of this office present to him? Yeah, one of the things that makes the Rams offense so hard to prepare for is Sean McVay throws out so many different looks with moving parts, mixing it up with formations. And uh, DB for the Bengals, Mike Hilton, said that's what makes playing against offenses like this so fun. He says it's always the unexpectedness. You prepare for one thing, they throw something else out there. Mike Hilton lines up in the slot about 80% of the time. Cooper Cup lines up in the slot for the Rams about 50% of the time. That is a key matchup to watch on Sunday. Hilton and said Cup is so deceptive. He has the ability to change his tempo in the middle of his routes. It really throws off the DB, but he said he's just so good at what he does and so smart. Hilton said he's confident in his ability and being able to cover a guy like Cooper Cup, but he calls Cup and himself two of the best slots in the entire league, and he said what better way to prove that than on the world's biggest stage on Super Bowl Sunday. If you need a first down, go to Cooper Cup. And if you need answers, go to Taylor and Bridget. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of your work this morning. Uh, All right, as we continue here, listen, obviously this would be massive if the Bengals won the Super Bowl. It would be their first in franchise history. They haven't been back since 1988. They weren't even supposed to be here 
you know, based on a lot of people outside looking in, the fact that they only won four games last year. However, let's flip it around to the Rams side of things. What would it mean for this franchise, Peter, for them to win this year at home in L.A.? It would mean that Sean McVay is the best coach in the NFL. And it would mean that Sean McVay has done things that no other coach has done at his age. And this would be the finishing bow on what's been an incredible start to an NFL career. First coach in NFL history to win 50 games as fast as he has. Now he's in his second Super Bowl in four years. And to get this collection of talent on this team, and not only play well, but to buy in and to put their egos aside and to all invest in a common goal despite a three-game losing streak in the middle of the season, despite that Week 18 loss. And look at what McVay's had to deal with over the last couple of years. Losing my voice like McVay. Oh, no. Take a look at this. The head coaches that are now in the NFL <clears throat> that he's lost in just the last few seasons. Mm. Those are coordinators that he had. And what's he do? He replaces them. Okay, let's go one step further here for Sean McVay, who was a 36-year-old with people with raised eyebrows when he was hired. He's got all these guys here. Hey, he's losing this one this year to Denver. He's going to be going on to be the Denver defensive coordinator. He's their safeties coach, Giro Evero. Last year, lost Shane Waldron. In recent years, has lost several other coordinators, whether it be uh, a Greg Olson who went to the Raiders or whether it be, uh, of course, he's had multiple assistants that have taken other jobs. Aubrey Pleasant was there. He's now somewhere else. Joe Barry is now the defensive coordinator of the Packers. Mm-hmm. The McVay situation is not just young coach, fun players, let's go. It's we're going to build a coaching factory here in this building, and we're going to let them go and spread their wings, and I'm going to have a tree of my own. And meanwhile, every single person is going to buy into the vision. If McVay can win a Super Bowl at 36, I think it's time we consider him the greatest coach in the NFL right now, considering all that they had to overcome this season and all the personalities they had to put together and all the coaches that have left in recent years. I'm a McVay fan, obviously. If you watch our show, you know that. I think this is going to be a nice finishing bow to what's been an incredible run as Rams coach. I feel like, too, just like real quick, McVay's got to be like, okay, it's time for someone else, another coach in the league, to be like the trendy coach and to get like all of the staff cherry-picked for away yeah, from him. Right? Like, yeah. When is that going to happen? Because McVay continues to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Peter, I'm a, I'm a McVay guy. I'm a, I'm a Rams guy. I uh, got a lot of friends on that in that organization um i mean i think it means validation right i i I think it means that everything that les need and and them off and and sean McVay and the rest of his coaches on his coaching staff were able to try to put together it paid off i mean that's what you that's what you make all these moves for and so to me it's, it's it's validation it's it's like you said it is sean McVay's brilliance as a communicator um as a coach who can relate to his players, get the most out of those guys. Um, obviously, the, the schemes we know, I mean, dude's one of the smartest schemer up of plays I've seen. There's no reason Cooper Cup should be able to uh, be wide open on anybody's football field. You should know where he is. Somehow, Sean McVay still finds a way um, to scheme up successful plays as well as Cooper Cup just getting open. Um, but, I mean, this is a Los Angeles Rams football team, man. They've, they've done something special. They can cap it off. I mean, it would be an amazing accomplishment because, I mean, you're absolutely right. You, you get, a lot of times when you put all this talent, like you said, there's so many egos that come into play, right? Um, you know, everybody wants to be the star. This is a football team that, that for the most part, has been pretty selfless and just next man up. Whoever's open, we're going to get them the football. We're going to find a way to give our playmakers opportunities to make plays. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching this Rams team play. This Super Bowl for the Rams – it would mean redemption 
You think back, they lost the Super Bowl a couple years ago. You don't get over that. And look, I've talked to many players before, and, and they said, man, sometimes you go to the Super Bowl and you lose. Like, it's almost better if you'd never even made it to the huh. Super Bowl because it's that painful and it takes that long to get over this team remembers, and I wouldn't be shocked if Sean McVay has T-shirts printed around in everybody's locker. I certainly would if I was a coach saying unfinished business. Yeah. Right? We were here before. It was the girly and golf show back then, and they didn't get it done. They got blank. They scored three points. So it's redemption for the players that were on the team that experienced that, the Andrew Whitworths, the Aaron Donalds. It's also for the coaches that are still there, as you pointed out, a lot of them are gone now, but they remember that. Look, Zach Taylor was there. He remembers that. I'm sure that still stings. He knows what that feels like. But for the Rams, the redemption aspect of it, from a player standpoint, from the coach's standpoint, and then to be here in LA, I mean, now you're, I mean, to be a champion in LA mm-hmm. has a totally different feel to it and a different kind of eternity to it. I think for Les Need, this is huge. Think about this. The last time the Rams had a first round pick, they took Jared Goff. Wow. All right? They haven't had a first round pick since then. They haven't drafted 2016. They've had a first round pick. They traded. But all the movement that Les Need has done, all of the risks he's taken, knowing the Super Bowl was here in L.A. Look, they knew they were going to be here because the Super Bowl was here. They didn't know if they were going to be playing in it. But all the moves Les Need did, look, he put everything in the middle of the table. He went all in. And these are all the players that he went out and got. They didn't have the first-round picks. He traded two of them for Matthew Stafford, but traded for Sony Michelle, went out, went out and got OBJ. And guess what? A week later, they lose Robert Woods. Brilliant. Vaughn Miller went, picked him up. Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, all these players Lesney brought to this team, and they did it for this exact reason. So it's redemption, and then it's also, for Lesney, it's validation. Yeah. That, you know what, I made all these risky moves, and it's and it paid off. And I think they would be okay with not having another first-round pick until 2026 if they win this thing. No risk it, no biscuit. What, not, uh, I guess That's 2024? Is that <laughs> the next time they have? 2024 be the first one. And, you know, we said on our show it's forget them picks, but it's another word that they use, them picks. Uh-huh. That's Leslie's motto, and he has it on a mug just like this. And FTP. All, that's that. it. They don't believe in first and second round picks, but they sure do believe in talent. It's working out for them right now. And for Matthew Stafford, if this Rams team and Matthew Stafford wins a Super Bowl, I think it changes everything for him and his entire legacy. Like, this is a guy who, if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll have as many rings as Aaron Rodgers, who he was basically the stepchild to in that division for mm-hmm. so many years. Uh-huh. And he's going to pass John Elway, too, on the all-time passing list mm-hmm. next year. He'll move into 11th place. So if he has a few more good seasons Are you saying with gold this ring. And a Super gold Bowl jacket. ring. The Super Bowl ring's huge. Stay yeah, healthy. He'll be top 10 it's in pretty much every major passing category. Talking Canton for Matthew Stafford? I'm saying mm. it's a serious possibility. Only 32. And that no. conversation absolutely will happen. He's got if time. All of, uh, yeah, yeah. Time 1,000%. Add, yeah. And it would have been crazy to talk about that if he stayed Nuts. in Detroit and he was there without the opportunity to win a playoff game because he was never able to even do that. And this year, everything has changed for him. And it could just be the beginning, really, for Matthew Stafford. Could not happen for a better guy, too. So mm-hmm. it's a cool story. The Rams, good to rally around as well. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Ah! 
Tonight, the stars are out in L.A. to celebrate the best of the NFL season with host Keegan-Michael Key. We're going to have a lot of fun. Find out who will take home the game's most prestigious awards, including the AP Most Valuable Player presented by Pizza Hut. There he goes, to the house. The Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year presented by Nationwide. To be able to win this award is a blessing. And more. It's that moment when Canton comes calling. NFL Honors presented by Invisalign. Tonight at 9 on ABC NFL. Network and ESPN Plus. We're now joined by one of the greatest quarterbacks this game has ever seen. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, a three-time Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, and an NFL Man of the Year. He's also one of the best broadcasters and guys in our sport. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Troy Aikman. What's up, man? Good to be on finally. Yeah, this is great. Good morning. No, good morning. It's Thursday night broadcast. <laughs> really you good morning. Sometimes give us the promo, and all of us lit, and you say, I like that good morning football. We all just get out of our chairs. Yeah! Like, yeah! <laughs> Validation! You guys are awesome. I mean, really awesome. I th- Although I did think I was going to get a little Kyle Brandt and some angry runs and some of that stuff. Kay Adams, you know, I, I got... No joke. Kay and Kyle are in a makeup chair right now for NFL honors yeah. 12 yeah. hours away. That's Actually, right. Kay's not. Kyle is, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, would appreciate that. Yeah. Kyle would appreciate that you're rocking the guns. You know, sun's not yeah. out, but sun's out, nope. guns out. You're rocking that Kyle theme. Well, that is true. Kyle likes to show off the guns. There's yeah. no no he question does, about yeah. that. And he's got quite the uh, the hair game. You know, I mean, it changes every day. <laughs> yes, yes. A lot of product in there. That's it. Nine Schrager bombs. We're, huh? we're loaded. Yeah. Uh, well, we're happy to have Sean and Colleen here as well with Kay and Kyle. Kyle out doing honors tonight. But, Troy, you've got a special connection with Matthew Stafford that maybe not everyone at home knows. Uh, he's in Highland Park, Texas guy. He's a Dallas quarterback. You've known him since when? Well, I was at Starbucks there in Highland Park Village. I just moved. And I ran into a guy, and he says, uh, hey, have you seen uh, the quarterback here in town? I said, no, I don't even know about the quarterback. They said Matthew Stafford. He was going into his senior year. And uh, he said he's the number one quarterback in the country. And I said, well, i got to let UCLA know about this guy. And they said, too late. He's going to Georgia. And so that was when he first got on my radar. He wins the state championship. I'm at, I'm at Me Casino. You know that place in Dallas. And someone came over and said, hey, Matthew Stafford's here with his mom. And I went over, and I, I finally was introduced to him and, and then got to know him as he was going through the process of getting drafted. And... You know, to see him where he is now. But I will tell you, he very much wanted to go to Detroit. He wanted to turn that franchise around. He wanted to do in Detroit what he did this year for Los Angeles. And I'm just a huge fan of his. Hasn't changed a bit. Uh, Hasn't been affected by his successes. And a terrific guy. Great family. The whole deal. I think we're all excited for Matthew Stafford, his first Super Bowl. Let's talk about the other quarterback, Joe Burrow, his first Super Bowl. He's a young player. You know what that's like. And, and for Joe Burrow coming in his second year, he makes a Super Bowl. I think sometimes young guys almost don't even appreciate what that's like to do it so early on. But you've experienced that. How has that changed? Like, how does that change you as a quarterback when you, when you had this early success? And how do you think Joe Burrow has handled all of this so far? Well, I didn't have it quite as early as what he has. <laughs> you know, I was winless my rookie year. And then uh, my second year uh, wasn't, wasn't great. We got a little bit better. But... You know, I, I liked him coming out. I, I think, Sean, when you, you look at quarterbacks and you try to determine who can play and who can't, who's going to be the franchise guy, because it's a coin toss when you draft a guy in the first round. But what I've always liked about Joe, yeah, he's talented. We knew that. We saw it at LSU when he won the national championship. But what I've liked is he's got that edge to him. And I think all the great quarterbacks have a little bit of an edge that kind of inspires his teammates 
Nothing's too big for him. I don't think this game will be. He's he's tough, obviously. He's been hit a lot. He hangs in there. And the biggest part, it's not hard when you watch some of the things that he's doing in the locker room and the dancing and the cigars (laughs) and all that. He really, his teammates love playing for him. And I think that's a big part of being successful as a quarterback as well. Troy, so for most teams, winning a division title is a big deal, but not the Dallas Cowboys yeah. because of <laughs> the path you paved and a lot of the other greats that played alongside you. What do you think's wrong with that Cowboys football team? What do they need to do <laughs> How much time to time turn some things around? <laughs> Boy, you just dove right in there. Just <laughs> jump right in. You know where I'm coming from. I'm from D.C. You so know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's the million-dollar question, yeah. you know? I mean, uh it is, it is mind-boggling to a certain extent that this was a talented team. And as someone who gets a chance to go around and see all these teams, you know, you would put that roster up against any. And they played well. They had a great stretch during the season. We're not playing their best football at the end. And then you get into the postseason, and as you know, you've got to play your best football. There's just no excuses. And unfortunately, not just this year, but in other years, they've been the number one seed a couple of times over the last you know, 10, 15 years, and they got bounced out uh, early in the round. And so they haven't realized the success that, that they would hope because they just haven't played their best football. And nobody can quite figure out why that is. Why they, When you look at their, their record over the course of the last 10 or 15 years, it's up near the top. They've won a lot of games. But for some reason, it hasn't translated to the postseason. And I usually have an opinion on those things, but I don't on I this one. I, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But that was a heartbreaking loss to San Francisco. I did think San Francisco would give them a tough game because I think San Francisco's built to where they can play with anybody. They're just so physical, and uh, and they proved that throughout the postseason. But to lose this game the way that they did when they thought they had a team capable of being here in Los Angeles and winning it all, uh, it's going to be a long offseason for them. Really pulling for the Cowboys to, to figure this out. Um, Are you? Colleen's from Philly. I was going to say, I, I, that I'm didn't really, sound, we all have to, that, that didn't sound very sincere. We got the whole NFC. It's, we do, that's right. right. We got it all covered here. Okay, so Troy, the last time a touchdown pass was thrown in a Super Bowl in LA, it was you. It was your fourth of the game back in 1993. Alvin Harper that secured the win over the Bills. Right. And and your first of what three rings take us through this play the slip all of it and then the iconic moment just pointing to the sky what was going through your head we were up 14 at the time and there was still enough time left in the game that i that i knew that buffalo could come back and win but that touchdown i knew that we iced the game i knew that at 21 points it was going to be too much for them and that's the only time in my career that i held up the number one I just didn't like seeing players do that when they weren't really number one. They hadn't hadn't done anything yet. I mean, we we were number one in the league and just became the world champs. And so that's the only time. I didn't do it in any of the other Super Bowls either. But I I, I love the love that Schrager gave me yesterday. And that was a great rendition of it. You know, I mean, him him running around, you you know, you're not sore today, are you? A little bit. Troy, look at the screen. We got a celebration celebration. Do you grimace at the slip or do you embrace the slip? I I did not like the slip. No, it's just, you know, you would never have seen Joe Montana slip in the pocket like Uh. that. You know, I mean, it it, it was weak, but the results was was good. Yeah, I blame it on the logo. The logo, when they paint it on the ground, Grass field, oh, it yeah. gets a little soggy in there and get a little Is wet. That, well, 
Uh, but we we love seeing that play. We love seeing we love seeing you work uh, the game. And obviously, you're going to be watching the game like us. And I know wherever you're going to be watching the game, you're going to have something in your hand. That's now, right. Legend has it that maybe you have something in your hand if you're calling a game. I too, got something in my chair. Know, but uh, I'm just curious. You've been up to some fun stuff uh, down in Austin, Texas. What can you tell us about the the two fisted cans that you got right now? So this is eight elite light lager. I started down this path a couple of years ago to make my own beer and the premise was you know i i work out you want one of those let's go stone cold steve austin yeah i wanted to make a beer that complemented my lifestyle and i'm and i'm meticulous about what i put in my body i work out uh try to hydrate i got my jug down here and get my proper sleep and all that but i also and you can relate to this as an offensive lineman. I, I enjoy a cold beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I want one that doesn't compromise all of the work that you put in during the week. And so what's different about eight is that there are no adjuncts and no fillers, meaning there's no corn, no rice, no syrups, no added sugars. And that's unusual. In fact, I can't even think of another widely available beer that can stake that claim. And it's 90 calories and 2.6 carbs. And so uh, I'm, I'm real proud of it. So if you want a better for you beer, eight is your beer. I love it. And, and it's it, available. It, it's exclusive in Texas right now. But I've been on the beer tour here over the last couple of weeks, and uh, the enthusiasm has been awesome. You going to roll out an IPA at any point? No, we're not IPA no. folks. Okay. We're, no, this uh, is a light shut beer. Shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it says organic grains on the can. It's so 100% organic grains. Here, here's my question. Does it come in an eight-pack? Uh, no, it, oh. but but good thinking. Uh, you're you're we'll, we'll talk about you're not it. the first one to mention that. <laughs> I, it, you know, Troy, where can we find it? We find it if we wanted it. Shelf space becomes a problem when you got eight packs and <laughs> yeah. six packs and all that stuff. So that that's a retail decision. Where can we find it? it? It's only in Texas, but can it's you go only online? Only in Texas. Yeah, you can go on eightbeer.com, and it right now it's in uh, bars and restaurants, and then in the spring when the stores do their resets, it'll be uh, on the shelves and. I'll send you guys some. You probably already got some. I sent probably you. She's, so, she's yeah. so pretty. Fabulous. Who picked out the colors? Uh, you like it? <laughs> yeah. Take advantage. There's a little New York blue, blue in there. Yeah, yeah, there's a little blue. New York yeah. blue in there. Troy Aikman, uh, the last Super Bowl MVP of an L.A. Super Bowl. We are so happy to have you on the show. Yes. So cool that you're on Good Morning Football, man. Thank Fantastic. You. Finally. I you guys are awesome. This is the only cowboy I'm going to take a picture with. There it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love me some Dion, but I tell you what, I love me some Troy Aikman, too. I'll take eight of eight absolutely right after the show is done. Let's go. Troy, Let's you're welcome go. back anytime. Thank I don't you. host the show usually, but you're welcome. Oh, Any you guys are great. Time. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 